You're Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and ensures you always stay up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Spotify Green Rooms. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's episode, it is time to look into Vegas versus Montreal game number two. A very interesting start to this one. We've gone through one period. We've now entered the second period. And folks, let me tell you, some of this game is going to surprise you. And I think it sets up a very interesting turn in the series if it in fact continues. We will also be continuing our coverage of the Euro 2020 tournament, which, you know, obviously it is a little bit different than hockey. It's not our usual coverage, but I think a lot of folks, especially hockey fans, have been tuning in, especially for those who don't have teams that are currently playing in the NHL semifinals. So you're going to have to put up with my wonderful Euros coverage for just a bit longer. It gives us something to talk about, especially as we advance through the rest of the postseason, and eventually we'll start to think about maybe Seattle and what the realistic moves for the Jets are going to be, but until then, let's focus on the present and here and now. Coming into tonight's game number two between Montreal and Vegas, I really wasn't sure what to expect. I thought that maybe Vegas would still be the better team, but Montreal, you know, they have had games where they've scrapped out wins even when they weren't the better team. You know, they've they've had good goaltending from Carey Price. They've managed to get some really greasy goals here and there. Toffoli, Kotkaniemi, Armia, various other players have made important contributions. And of course, Jeff Petrie returning to the lineup is a pretty big deal. That said, I don't think anyone really could have predicted the start that Vegas and Montreal actually had. The Habs basically swarmed Vegas from puck drop, and it was actually a, a great aggressive start. And the Knights really couldn't get much going. It looked like they were a step behind Montreal, who were swarming in the offensive zone, and it looked more like the start to the first game, where Montreal was the much better team. That's not to say that you would expect this every single game, but overall I think Montreal has had a pretty good start in a lot of these games, especially against Vegas. I feel like their rapid, aggressive start and their ability to pressure the Knights early has actually thrown Vegas off the game a little bit. Now, Vegas recovered pretty well and ended up winning by a fair margin in game number one. The turn of events to start game number two, though, was definitely a little bit different. For one thing, Montreal actually struck first, with Yoel Armia scoring to open the the account for the Habs and give them a 1-0 lead. A while later, Montreal then scored again to pad the lead to 2-0 thanks to the efforts of Gold Caulfield. Yes, I did just call him Gold Caulfield because that's kind of the nickname that I've assigned him even though his actual name is Cole. Although I suppose this time he actually wasn't the one scoring, he was feeding Tyler Toffoli in the high slot area, and Toffoli just sort of leaked one right through Marc-Andre Fleury. So a very impressive start, one that I don't think anyone expected, and Montreal actually dominated most of the opening 20 minutes. It's not often that you see a team doubling the Knights in shots and scoring attempts, but that was basically what we saw with Montreal. Vegas has had these games where they haven't always been the better team. You know, they've had a slower start, maybe they look a little bit sluggish, they're just not quite at the races. And against Montreal, you really don't want to let that happen, because the Habs have a pretty good ability to score a couple of greasy goals and then maintain that lead. 
I've been critical of Ducharme before, but I have to say that given the circumstances, the roster that he's working with, and the situation in which he came into this team, you know, his current resume with the Habs is actually pretty okay. And especially in the past couple of weeks, I feel like Montreal has maybe hit a turning point. They've been pretty good. So, while I don't know if they're as good as they were under Claude Julien, you know, Montreal's been impressive. And I think that Ducharme actually does deserve at least a decent amount of credit in adjusting and learning from some of his idiosyncrasies. Now, he's definitely got a couple of blind spots that I think are still problems, the defensive deployments being one of the bigger ones, but thus far, Montreal is handling them well. So, a good start to this game. The second period, you could kind of tell that Vegas was starting to push the tempo a bit more. So far, they've hit the posts twice now, and I think that you could expect a goal at some point here in the near future. Montreal really hasn't been able to create as much, especially in the opening five minutes here. And I think Vegas, they're just one of those teams that, even when they start slow, have an ability to score really quickly off of like one or two chaotic shifts. And I think that that's something that Montreal doesn't really handle all that well. When their skaters are essentially a little bit stagnant and they start to tire out, Vegas is at its best. And speak of the devil, Vegas almost just scored right now as we were talking with Alec Martinez coming on a great backdoor feed. Uh, nice cross-seam pass from a high-to-low play. I'm not even sure how Price managed to save this because it was basically a wide-open net, but somehow he cut across and basically deflected it off his back and over the net. So really impressive save, but you can already tell Vegas... They're looking a lot more confident and more offensively ambitious than they did in the first period. I would expect them to score at some point in the near future. They've been dominating Montreal over the past couple of shifts. That said, Montreal is just now generating some decent net front offense. This is a very seesaw game, and it sets up an interesting series if this continues. You know, Montreal was thought to be a huge underdog in the series. I don't think that's necessarily changed, but if they actually play Vegas evenly, this could be a really even matchup. You know, these teams are actually built very similarly in a couple of key departments. I will say that in the way that the roster is organized, especially in the forward units, Montreal and Vegas have a lot of similarities. The defense is probably one of the biggest differences. Uh, Montreal's blue line is just nowhere near as good as what Vegas has. But forward-wise, they're very similarly constructed. I'll say that the Knights are probably a little bit more skilled and certainly a bit deeper, but both teams very good and well-balanced. And when all else fails, they have two really good starting goaltenders to turn to in Marc-Andre Fleury and Carey Price. These guys have been the stars of the show throughout the past couple of series. And even when they have one or two bad games, you can expect that in the following game, they rebound and have a really good performance. Carey Price tonight has been marvelous so far. Marc-Andre Fleury... Maybe not so good in this game, but certainly in the first game, he was fabulous. It's really hard to get a sense of where this series is heading because of how topsy-turvy it's been. You know, the first game was all Vegas. This game, for the most part, has been all Montreal. We'll have some further thoughts from this second period in just a little bit. Before then, though, I thought you should know about why you need to be using the Spotify Greenroom app right now. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, journalists, and everyone in between in real time about your favorite team or sport. Spotify Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Spotify Greenroom for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, big news, trade rumors, and all the latest hot-button takes about your favorite teams and sports. You can even find Green Rooms from across the Locked On family, like NBA, MLB, and NHL podcasts. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started, and I'll meet you there. Go download the free Spotify Greenroom app now currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all in the app, and I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Winnipeg Jets room is live. Download the Spotify Green Room app today. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. 
Those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast know by now that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bars. If you're new to the show, though, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market because it's more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in nine delicious flavors like mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, cherry, coconut, and other great flavors. But they do release some very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors like Churro Puff and many others that you need to be subscribed to their newsletter or tuned into their social media platforms to make sure that you don't miss out on. Trust me when I say I've had some of these flavors and they are absolutely bomb. You don't want to miss out on them. As good as Built Bars taste though, they're even better for you. With most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. They're perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to lose weight or maintain a current level weight. To place your order, go to BuiltBar.com, and when you're checking out, use promo code LOCKED15, and it'll get 15% off your first order. Again, at checkout, that's promo code LOCKED15, and it'll get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are diving into some thoughts from game number two between Vegas and Montreal. The first period, very interesting story. Montreal basically ran the show and was up 2-0 against a team that frankly embarrassed them in game number one. And it wasn't like Montreal totally collapsed in, you know, the, f- the first or second period against Vegas in Game 1. It was more like a gradual progression of the Knights just slowly chipping away at Montreal's defensive structure before running the score up late in the game. This game, however, Montreal came out with a big purpose, and I think they made a nice statement. The second period, though, maybe not quite as successful in certain areas. You could probably tell that the Knights were going to show up at some point in this match and actually get back into the game pretty quickly. I felt like Vegas's jump in the second period was noticeable. They were aggressive. They were finding really good pockets of space. They were testing Carey Price from a couple of really good angles. It wasn't quite on the level of the very first game that they played, but I thought they were much better in the second period. And of course, Alec Martinez had a really great save made against him. He thought he had an empty net to shoot in, and somehow Carey Price managed to get his hip out and deflect it off of his hip and right over his back to clear it over the crossbar. That said, you felt like Vegas at some point would eventually score, and they actually did. Um, I think it was Petrangelo who actually scored the opening goal. Bit of a busted play, Petrangelo taking advantage, scores to make it 3-1. Yes, you heard that 3-1. There was actually another goal in between where Montreal went up 3-0, and it was thanks to a very shifty play in the neutral zone from Jesperi Kakaniemi. It seems like Montreal has passed behind Vegas's defense because they sort of understand that, in general, it's hard to get past the night skaters. So if you do like a bit of a dump and chase that's an indirect pass, you might be able to catch Vegas's defenders napping. In this situation, Nick Holden actually got caught. He was the one who was supposed to retrieve the puck at his own blue line. But Josh Anderson had a bit of a cheeky move where he cut inside and basically interfered with Holden, but not quite enough to actually get the call. Holden gets taken away from the puck, and Paul Byron explodes, realizing that he is wide open for a breakaway, and he just neatly backhands it right into the roof over Fleury's shoulder. I don't know that there was much Fleury could do, but at this point you can kind of tell that he just wasn't in the game-saving mode tonight. And that's tough for Vegas because Carey Price at the other end was actually looking pretty smooth. He really didn't have any bad moments, and I felt like Price, for the most part, he made the saves he was expected to, robbed Martinez, and looked very difficult to beat. Overall, you know, this was a period that Vegas definitely controlled and was certainly the better team in, but Montreal was the more opportunistic squad and gave another goal that was potentially a difference maker. Paul Byron's scoring is a very big deal for this team. He gave them just enough insurance to allow maybe another mistake in the third period, which for the Knights is probably going to be an all-out surge against Montreal. I think the Habs are going to have to be very careful and weather a dangerous storm from Vegas. Some players that have definitely stood out in this game have been guys like Cole Caulfield and Josh Anderson for very different reasons. 
Caulfield has been very elusive. He's very creative. His passing and skating are excellent. His vision and, and certainly his release, both top-notch. He's been an absolute menace, and I feel like Vegas hasn't really had an answer for how to limit him. You know, if you can't really hit him, he's already by you, and he's already creating space for one of his teammates. It's clear that Cole has a very bright future in the NHL, and I've been very impressed with him throughout the regular season and the postseason. He's a young rookie who's only getting better as time goes on. And honestly, I can't wait to see what he does with Montreal. I think he's a very exciting player. He understands and navigates space extremely well, and I feel like there's a version of Cole that will eventually be like a 30 or 40 goal scorer. He's just a little siege weapon of offense. A hab that I have noticed for the wrong reasons, perhaps, has been Josh Anderson. Anderson, ever since his days in Columbus, just seems like a very different player. He can do some of the stuff that he was famous for, like driving the net, getting into the slot, and creating a lot of physical chaos. But when he gets to the front of the net, it just seems like the play sort of dies on his stick. I don't know what's wrong with him if he's maybe just not nearly as good as everyone expected. He's totally different since he was in Columbus. And while he has been effective at getting towards that net front area and getting in Flurry's face, I really feel like it's not actually manifesting in a way that's meaningful. His best play was throwing a pick at the opposing blue line on Holden and essentially getting away with like a minor interference that wasn't really an interference. I think Holden may have played the puck so it might have made it safe, but if your best play is away from the net when you're basically known for driving the slot and attacking that space, I feel like that's kind of an issue. Maybe Anderson will eventually figure it out under Ducharme, but thus far he definitely looks like a player who's not quite worth the contract that he was awarded, and it's hard to know if he'll ever find that form again. He used to be such a formidable, forechecking, power forward presence up front, but nowadays, it just seems like he's very mediocre. Even when he gets into the right spaces, he really doesn't do enough to make use of it. That last part is critical when you're playing against a team like Vegas that tends to be very opportunistic and really doesn't waste many chances. He's going to have to just improve himself and hopefully find the way to uh, be more impactful and effective at even strength to give Montreal that extra scoring edge. The third period is very close at hand, and I'll have thoughts on this one on tomorrow night's episode. But for the remainder of the show, it is time to give some additional thoughts from the Euro 2020 competition, which again has seen some very interesting results and some potential upheaval. Before then though, I did want to tell you about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at their website. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international football, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. Register for a free account at betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device, and when you're registering, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some more Euro 2020 coverage. I had a chance to watch a couple of games today, Finland versus Russia, which is always the very classic hockey matchup when it comes to the World Juniors. Everyone loves it, and the uh, the football equivalent is actually very intense as well. Intriguingly, Finland was probably the underdog today. When it comes to organized, very strong teams, Russia is actually not that bad. In the past, I think Russia was maybe a little bit overlooked, but in the last World Cup, they're showing and how deep they actually made it probably opened some eyes to the fact that, yeah, you know, Russia's actually a pretty decent team. 
In general, it lacks a lot of really high-end star power and talent, but they have pretty good organization. Their offense likes to create a lot of uh, chaos inside the box, which, you know, when you have Artem Zuba bullying his way to the net and creating a lot of chaos in front of the goalkeeper, guys like uh, Miranchuk and some of the other players, like maybe Gullivan, are actually in pretty good spots to take advantage. Russia is kind of one of those really pesky teams where they don't exactly, again, have that star talent and and really high-end skill, but... They get it done. They have a pretty decent team. They got the job done against Finland. Finland really struggled to create much of anything. And even when they did with Pojanpalo and Puki, unfortunately, they kept missing shots or shanking things or getting it blocked. So not a great day for Finland. They'll be on edge on the next game in which they basically have to win to have a shot at advancing to the second round of the uh, the Euro competition. But I think Finland probably not think it is going very far. Russia will probably be a bit of a pest. I think, you know, their first game against Belgium didn't exactly go all that well. Their game against uh, Finland, actually pretty frustrating for the opponent. If they can replicate that level of success against a stronger team, you know, they're going to be an absolute mess to contend with. Again, not a team that I would expect to really shut out opponents, but certainly one that can make some noise and cause some chaos. The more eye-opening match of the day, though, was Italy versus Switzerland. Now, the Swiss team, you know, it's all right. I would say it's like a, a middling team in terms of talent. You know, without Dennis Zakaria in the midfield, Switzerland tends to be a little bit more vulnerable. Their offense had to come down to Severovic and uh, Zierden Shakiri, and neither of those guys were really capable of doing much against the uh, Italian organization and defense. Italy basically played a full, complete 90 minutes, and it's really hard to argue that they're one of the strongest teams in the competition. In fact, they're one of the few teams that I think might have a shot at getting past France somehow. Italy's biggest issue is that up front they don't quite have the level of talent that somebody like France does, and certainly the defense is maybe a bit older. You know, you're going against Rafael Varane, uh, Samuel Umtiti, Lucas Hernandez, Presnel Kimpembe, guys of that caliber who are younger, faster, very strong, and very skilled. So Italy's going to have to rely a lot on a very organized structure, and it's a good thing that thus far their communication, their defensive transition, and their team coordination just seems to be on another level. They're one of the most impressive teams I've seen in recent times in terms of total team play, but again, you know, they haven't played a team that would really test them quite yet. Pit them against an England or a France and let's see how it goes. I think they have a good shot at unseating at least one of those teams, but they do still have a bit of an uphill battle to beat one of the top teams like France. You know, though, they haven't lost in, what, like a year or two? It's been a very strong unbeaten run for this team. They're something like 25-4 and four or 25-5, or and five, something absolutely crazy. And you have to like those odds. You have to look at the way that the team plays. You know, Chiro Immobile probably could have had a couple of goals today. I thought Manuel Locatelli was fantastic. Insigne continues to be an absolute pest out wide who can create and cut inside for really dangerous scoring chances. And then Italy's midfield and defense, really well organized, really locked down. Felt like they did not give the Swiss much space at all. It was just a really complete performance, and the only downside for them was losing Giorgio Chiellini for uh, the remainder of the game. He exited around minute 25 and didn't come back, so you have to worry if he's actually injured and if he'll be back in the next game. He was walking off and kind of jogging around under his own power, so I would imagine it's probably just a tweak or something. But he is a key contributor with his experience, skill, and shutdown ability in that center back role. All that said, it does seem like Italy will be a serious title contender. We'll see if they advance deep into the Euros. I have a feeling that they have a great shot at it. And maybe they can pull off the upset against a France or an England. Let me know what you thought of Italy's performance at HL of Inglico and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter.
For tonight's episode, though, that is going to do it. Stay tuned tomorrow for more playoffs coverage and more thoughts about any Euro matches that we have upcoming. Don't forget to check out one of our other really great podcasts because you need to get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.